Ryan Reynolds here from Mint Mobile. With the price of just about everything going up during inflation, we thought we'd bring our prices down. So to help us, we brought in a reverse auctioneer, which is apparently a thing. Mint Mobile Unlimited Premium Wireless. How to get 30, 30, to get 30, how to get 20, 20, 20, how to get 20, 20, to get 15, 15, 15, 15, just 15 bucks a month? So, Give it a try at mintmobile.com slash switch. $45 up front for three months plus taxes and fees. Promote for new customers for limited time. Unlimited more than 40 gigabytes per month. Slows. Full terms at mintmobile.com. This Mother's Day, celebrate the extraordinary women in your life with a heartfelt gift from Blue Nile. Whether it's for your mom, a mother figure, or yourself as a mom, find that perfect piece to express your love and appreciation. Explore Blue Nile's exquisite pearls and mesmerizing gemstones that she's sure to love. Enjoy fast shipping options like guaranteed free shipping and returns. Make this Mother's Day unforgettable with a piece from Blue Nile. Right now, get up to 50% off at BlueNile.com. That's BlueNile.com. This episode of Another Happy Pod is going to contain spoilers. If you've not experienced the content yourself, please go ahead and do so before coming back and listening to the boys ramble on about it. Thank you very much. Hello and welcome back to Another Happy Pod, the show from me to you where we talk about pop culture and try to keep things just a little bit more positive and optimistic. Now, we don't always succeed, but we do have a good time doing it. My name is Nathan James Bauer, and as always, I'm joined by my co-host with the least. It is Lawrence, it is Thomas, it is Heisey. Good evening to you, sir. Good evening, Nathan. Thanks for the very formal introduction today. A uh, very slow-paced introduction as well. Well, I'm not going to lie, it's it's a, it's a bit of a late one. This episode is c- scheduled to come out in less than 12 hours at the time of recording, uh, which is pushing it for us, usually. It, it is pushing it, yeah. We're, we're not <laughs> we're bad, but we're never this bad. Yeah, you, we usually like to give ourselves time to edit and, and make any changes, but it's, it's going to be a tight one. It's going to be a tight turnaround, especially considering the fact that we have to sleep within those 12 hours as well. So. Well. I don't so, have to. It's preferred. Well, all right. You might not have to because you don't have a job. But <laughs> me, on the other hand, I start work at fucking eight forty-five tomorrow morning, so I will have to be up. All right, fine. See how it is, Nathan. Yeah. What we what we what we discussing? What are we doing on this late today? Giving you all the tunes from the nineties, noughties, and today. <laughs> On this late evening hour where we're giving you the best of the 80s, 90s and noughties, we are going to take a look at a very special TV show. Uh, is it a TV? Do you, do you call these TV shows? Because they're not on TV, are they? I don't know what you call them. They're not, but um, I mean, they're still television, aren't they? Like, well, I guess you'll watch them on a television, maybe. Sometimes you can watch movies on a television, though. It's true, you can. We need, we need content. It's, a, it's some content, that's what it is. Uh, it's some fresh content, direct from Tim Apple himself. He made it all. Uh, we are, of course, talking about season two of Ted Lasso. I believe this is our first uh, s- sequel episode, season two. I think is, so. Is we, we did a season yeah. two of The Mandalorian, but we never did season one. So That's true, because I mean, we didn't have a podcast when this started. Yeah, but technically, we've done a sequel episode. <laughs> but this is, the, this is the first time we're seeing a show through from from birth to uh to to the season two sequel 
I mean, not really, because we, I don't think the first season was even out when we, oh, sorry, the first season had already finished by the time we started this show. Um, and then, yeah, but we covered it. We, we did it. We did. We, we did. We, we did. We were just late to the game. <laughs> Um, That's fine. I think we covered it earlier this year, in fact. Um, Listen, if there's one yeah. thing we love doing, it's being late to the game. It wasn't like a couple of episodes ago, episodes ago, we did all the Bond films bar the one that came out that week. So, <laughs> And I still haven't seen it. Is it good? Yeah, exactly. Who knows? <laughs> I still haven't fucking seen it. Um, so today, we, have we said what we're doing? It's Ted Lasso. Ted Lasso, Ted Lasso. season two. <laughs> Made by Tim Apple. Um, the, the Apple TV Plus show... Uh, the American slash. Would you call this an American show or a British show? I think it's got all the look and visual style of an American show, with yes. all of the writing of a British show. You know, like for example, you know, Sex Education on Netflix. <clears throat> I don't. Oh well, that that show. Like, if you've ever seen anything on it, like a trailer or anything, that show is set in England. I haven't. And literally, like, it's there's episodes set in like a school where they've got like lockers down the the walls. And I'm like, oh, really? Nothing, nothing about oh. British in any way. Yeah. Oh, yeah. for international listeners, of which we have zero. Um, if you go to any school in the UK, you will not find a single locker lining the hallways. No, it's not what we do. You, no. The best you'll get to a closest to a locker is like if you do <clears> drama or if you do PE, you might get a little square and a wall. And that's about it. Yes. Um, you will find a very shitty art display, though, of, like, <laughs> poems and stuff from a year eight English class, which have obviously been defaced and yeah. rude words have been written on them. At least that's how it was when I was at school 47 years ago. <laughs> so, uh, what are we doing, Lawrence? Well, Nathan, we're talking about, <laughs> for the third time, we're talking about Ted Lasso <laughs> season two. Um we we liked the first one, didn't we? We were fans of the first one. We did, because we're I, big football fans. So we're big footy fans. Fans of the footy. We love the footy game. We love the footy ball. So obviously any show where where we know what the offside rule is, because we both know that, we we would absolutely eat up any kind of football show. Um, the we're, joke we're, is that we don't know anything about football. <laughs> We did this. We did this joke like a year ago as well. Like it's not even funny. Um, yeah, this is um, this is a good sequel. Um, like a good sequel um, series. I think. Like I really enjoyed the first one because it's it's one of those comedies, uh, or it's like a it's one of them sitcoms that actually one breathes new light into the genre of being a sitcom, but then also is like it's so optimistic and so happy. And it and last year in like the midst of a global pandemic it came out and it was just like this is such a refreshing <laughs> breath of air do you know what i mean it was yeah. so lovely um and this this i think it definitely is different it's a different season uh and it and it takes some bigger and bolder risks but i think it fully paid off i really enjoyed this i i think so too yeah they did um it is it is a feel good show for a lot of people and and myself included. There's just so many moments throughout the show where you just your heart is warmed, you feel fuzzy. You maybe you're having a little bit of cry if you're <laughs> like me, you get over emotional. Um, it's it's just all around. It makes you feel good. But then there are times as well, more so in this season than the last. Um, where questionable choices are made by certain characters, you know, turns are taken, um, and and things do get a little bit darker at times. 
Um, one character in particular goes quite far off the deep end, which which obviously we'll get into. Um, yeah. So so yeah, it's 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 different than the first season, but not so much that it's completely alienating. You know, it's still the same heartwarming, fun little sitcom that you know and love as well. I think it's. I think it definitely is the same show, and it's <clears throat> all these things like they haven't come out of left field. They haven't come out of nowhere. Like these were all no, seeds no, that were kind of sown in the season in season one. Um, and yeah. I, I always thought like, oh, like my if I had to give a complaint on season one, which I don't, I genuinely think it's an amazing TV season. Um, if I had to give one complaint, it would be I wish they just took it a little bit further because the feel good energy of the show is great but as we all know that's not how life works um and this is a show that very much is about rolling with the punches and dealing with shit and being the best person through that shit and it would have been nice to see that shit a bit more and season two delivers on it like you get loads of shit like you like jamie was probably the character that everyone didn't like the most in season one in this season you start to feel for him a little bit more you start to find out why he's such an attention seeking asshole um yeah and then like you get um roy who's like the powerhouse aggress- aggressive force being like the, the the most anti-masculine bloke on the planet like whilst also simultaneously giving off energy that he could beat you up in a second like it's it's it subverts a lot of like tropes and stereotypes which is really really nice quick side note i just want to uh give a shout out to my favorite line from roy ken who is just an amazing character fucking one of the funniest on the show yeah but in the in the in, i think it was in the final episode um i think he's talking about uh how you know he did the shoot with keely and he wasn't in any of the pictures and he's talking about it with well, the yeah. boys. He finally joins the the meeting <laughs> and he says it hurt my feeling yeah, Not yeah. <laughs> just, just feeling. <laughs> no, he's, he, honestly, he's got some amazing one-liners. Like he, he swears all the time. And there's this, um, there's a moment where he goes to the school, uh, and the teacher's like, "Oh, your um, your niece keeps swearing all the time." And he goes, "Where the fuck does she pick that up from?" And it's like, it's just, it's, it, he's, he's a brilliantly written character. And and the guy, what do you know the guy's name that plays him? Brett something. I think his name. Brett is. Goldstein. Yeah, he's just. <clears throat> he's going to do wonders in like comedy sitcom like he's he's just amazing um but yeah this this so this season introduces a new character which at first i was dubious of because i liked my little close-knit family from season one and i thought yes. there was a lot of character work to do within that and like to expand on them not that not that it hadn't been done but just you know give me more of them so any character coming in naturally, I'm going to be a little bit like, oh, I don't know, because you're going to take up screen time, and I like my screen time with Ted and everyone else. Um, it, Doc Sharon is like the character name. Um, what do you think of her? Uh, yes. So the 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 therapist, the the shrink, the whatever you want to call her, um, comes and and you know joins the cast uh, after yes <laughs> after Danny Rowe has kicks a ball into a dog's head. <laughs> And yeah. kills great, it. great opening to the season. Just having Danny <laughs> Rojas kill a fucking dog. <laughs> yeah, Mid-game. I was my jaw dropped. I was like, "Fucking hell, it's <laughs> a bit, it's a bit football, dark." Isn't it? Football is life. <laughs> um, yeah, uh, great way to open it. Um, yeah, so like you, I was also a little bit dubious of this character at first. Um, she, I think she's intentionally shown as quite antagonistic at first. Yeah, for sure. Um, she, you know, she's. 
Ted is the most heartwarming and friendly guy on the fucking planet. And and we know that. We spent a whole season getting to know Ted, so obviously we like him very much. He's he's friendly. We know that he just wants to make people happy and be a nice, friendly person. And straight away, she's just kind of cold to him. Like, she's just not reciprocating the same vibes that he's given off. So straight away, we're just like, ooh, don't know about you, Doc. Uh, not 100% sure if I like you or not. Um, which was a hundred percent intentional when you see like where the character goes and, yeah. and the relationship that the, the two of those characters end up having and stuff. Um, yeah, so it it definitely was a journey with that character. Like I say, first not too sure about her, but as the season go on and as as I think you get to know her more through Ted because because like I say, the two of them have uh, an an interesting relationship. It's it's not. You know, it doesn't start off on the best of foots, and then there's that moment where he decides to to go see her because for the longest time he's like he's very skeptical of shrinks and and therapists and all that sort of thing. And as the season goes on, you find out why and that sort of thing. But having the moment um, where he just fucking explodes at her is is yeah. one of my favorite of the seasons because you it's again the moment like it happened last season, the moment where you see the good guy be not good. It's it's always like a fucking dramatic moment, really. Mm-hmm. Um, so so I did like that where he was just basically telling her what he thinks of therapists and and being a dick about it as well. Yeah, and it, I, I, it took me it caught me off guard because I was like, normally like if he's gonna try and insult someone or try and like snap back at someone, like there's a lot of moments where like the reporters ask him like a leading question and he like fires back with a witty response that just shows he's a nice guy, but he's not gonna just be bullied into saying what they want him to say. Um, yeah, those are the kind of moments of pushback that we normally get from Ted. But this was like a full on. I like by the end of it, I was like, "You're being a cunt. <laughs> like, yeah. chill out, man. Fuck." Um, <laughs> one thing I I love though, right? And I'm amazed it doesn't happen more often, or like at least it does happen in some shows, but it's normally played as like a more of a drama situation, right? How rare is it to see like the concept of a counselor or therapist or whatever? struggling with their own mental health problems but being un like not being clinical about it being unwilling to take the advice that she'd willingly give and gets paid to give to other people like really it interesting is it is very rare yeah it's 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 really i think fucking a show dealing with mental health in general to to this kind of level is is quite rare yeah. Um, lot lots of shows and, and and movies and stuff will tap into mental health but it'll always be kind of uh, sorry for the motorbike. It'll be it'll be handled. Uh, I don't know. I I don't want to just say Joker, but you know Joker. Um, oh no, it's, it's, it's probably like, it's mental illness is handled as if you're either going to be a murderer or you're just yes. a kid that needs some antidepressants, and then you're fine. Yeah, it's it's not you know something which quite a lot of people deal with on a daily yeah. basis. It's either the fucking worst thing ever or kind of a joke. Just take yeah, it's one or, or whatever. <laughs> Yeah, exactly. Um, so, so it was good to see the actual depiction of it in this way, and to see that it can be, you know, debilitating and, and really affect people and quite a few people in different ways. You know, Danny Rojas as well. Like we joked about it, but he killed a fucking dog, and that had an effect on him. Yeah, he made, he made him doubt himself <laughs> in terms of like how he can play football, um, and then because of that. You know, a lot of the other players uh, started to to then see the shrink and, and deal with their own issues, whatever they may be. We didn't see a whole bunch of that, but you know, they they no, spoke but you, to you, it too. But the best thing about that was you don't need to see it to know it goes on. Yeah. Like we got a sense 
clearly and i think this 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 season does do a better job of getting us familiar with like the team as a as like a group of lads and and family um, i do enjoy the team i i, I fucking love it <laughs> all right one thing i just i just love about this show is that when and i think i said this in the first about the first news as well uh when you think about you know, footballers and and the kind of people who like football, football lads, all that sort of thing. You think about just generally dickheads, don't you? You just think about like, you know, think of the fucking not, hero. Not yeah, exactly. Not not like to tie everyone with the same brush, <clears throat> but like football gets the common um, kind of reputation for just being just complete wankers. Like yeah, like you say, football like, hooliganism. Like fucking look what yeah, happened yeah. at the Euro. You had the fucking England fans booing every other team's national anthem. Riots yeah. broke out and all that sort <laughs> just of. Just shit. really, just really classy, like we do. <laughs> yeah, you know, fucking top class stuff, guys. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> um, nothing like sportsmanship. So, <laughs> exactly, um, and, and I love that this show just says, "Now, fuck that." Um, let, let's just have these people genuinely be friendly and care about each other and want to support each other in every way possible. Like the fact that the captain, um, he's he's apparently just a really fucking talented barber. And yeah, everyone gets everyone gets, gets an a... Isaac cut for, for <laughs> yeah. like one special occasion. Yeah, they, they get one haircut per season, so they have to pick exactly when they're going to use it. And, that, and that, that's uh, what I'm saying. That's why I love like mm, this this. These things aren't like Isaac. There's not a whole episode on Isaac realizing he's got great skills as a barber, and then everyone's yeah. like, "Oh, Sam should get his haircut for his big date." It's like these these are things that go on. Like we're introduced to it as an as a new thing, but the team are like, "Oh my god, you're going to use your Isaac cut for this!" Like, "Oh my god!" Like it's an established thing, and the team are a, a group of mates, so they would know this kind of stuff. And it's just tiny little details mm. like that that I think make it really feel like a community kind of show. Definitely, and I think another way that's shown as well. I think in if so, when we talk about Sam's storyline, like obviously you know he's he's on the the banter app, the kind of like Tinder knockoff or whatever it is. Yeah. Um. And and you know for a lot of that, he's talking to who we later find out is Rebecca. Um. And and I think in a in a lesser comedy show, you would have had the lads just making fun of him for that like oh, who who are you talking to there is probably going to be a guy or something like that yeah. um but but everyone is just genuinely the football team going sam's gay <laughs> <laughs> and that's the joke yeah exactly yeah but but in this you have the team genuinely supporting him and just really interested to to find out who it is and hope it goes well for him and that sort of yeah. thing and like when he gets the three dots when she's typing <laughs> him like Whoa, over his shoulder and then he gets yeah. by and everyone's like yes <laughs> exactly it's, it's, just, it's just again those those heartwarming moments which which the show does really well yeah um, there's there's quite a few not so heartwarming moments in this season though. There's yeah, there is definitely so. some some turns and, and some dark <laughs> moments. Um, so do you want to talk about Ted then and and what's going on with him? Yeah, so I've I've always viewed Ted as like like so for, for example, right? It's, I don't know how true it is, and I've never necessarily struggled with anything myself, but there's a common saying that like. Um, the people that suffer the most are the ones that are kind of the most outwardly jovial and 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 the most kind of willing to try and people please and and yeah basically get everyone mm. off their back and you get that massive sense with um Ted more so that you got it last season but way more this season 
like he'll jump to any reason or excuse to help someone else to just completely distract him from his own suffering and it's it's some some elements even in like the most heartwarming scenes you go oh my god someone just please speak to ted and ask ted yeah. if he's fine like because ted's yeah. out there helping everyone with their marital problems like yeah he's often um speaking to um coach beard about his um his relationship his on and off again relationship like he's sat there the entire time like sometimes helping out roy uh, praising everyone else's for their hard work. Like Keely has a great career path in this season and he's like nothing, got nothing but kind words, but very rarely does someone other than Rebecca and the, and the, um, uh, the therapist um, actually just tap him on the shoulder mm. and go, are you okay? And it's, and it's, fucked. Yeah. It's, it's so frustrating. <laughs> I don't, I don't actually think it ever happens. I think, uh, well, I actually know it does. Um, so in the last episode, obviously, you know, earlier in the season, Ted leaves the game because he's having a panic attack. Yeah, uh, and and it's it's initially reported on that you know he he had the shits or whatever, and he just needed to to run off. Um, but then the news gets out of what really happens, and then he's in all the papers. People are you know slagging him off or whatever. Uh, and and I think that's the only time when people are actually like, "Are you all right?" Like that that when it's out in the open. That's the only time throughout the the season that people are actually asking him if he's okay. But yeah. again, though, it it makes sense why that happens, though, because again, Ted is always coming across as this very happy, jovial person. He purposefully doesn't let anyone see him at his most vulnerable. The only person he did, I think, I think the only person he did throughout the show is um is the doctor, the the therapist. Yeah. Um, in in season one, he let Rebecca saw him at that moments, but for this season specifically, I think it was only uh, Doc Sharon. So so yeah, and 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 I do, and I do love the way that relationship forms. Um, it's it's left a little ambiguous as it to... is, isn't it? I yeah. found her departure very surprising. I don't think she's gone. I think she'll be back next season. Yeah, because um, I think that the, they've said it's they have a, a three season plan for the show. Like three seasons and then done, um, which which I hope they stick to. Yeah, um, what are your so thoughts the next season? Um, I yeah, I hope I hope they stick to it because you don't want it to you know to quote a pretty okay movie. Um, <laughs> you either die a hero or live long enough to see yourself become the villain. Yeah, <laughs> I love Walking Dead, so die a hero. Yeah, <laughs> um, you don't just want to see it balloon out into you know something unnecessary just because. Ten it's seasons successful. of Ted Lasso and a Roy Kent spin-off series and, and yeah. all of that. It just yeah, you know but what I like about this and because it, mm. it was pitched to be a three-season thing. Yeah, was just go in, make your point, tell a lovely story, and get out. Like and leave people wanting more of it because this is something that when this mm. goes off, I'll really yeah. miss this show. Like I genuinely, yeah. I even tried not to. Um, uh, I tried and I couldn't. I couldn't do it in the end. I had. I had to catch up. Like maybe like two weeks before the end. Um, I tried to wait for this entire season to be out um, just because I remember how much of a happy time I had binge watching it last, like last time the season one came out. Like, yeah. And waiting for it week to week is great, but I find this is such a nice show to just put a day aside and go, you know what? I'm just going to have the most heartwarming day on the sofa in my blanket watching Ted Lasso. (laughs) I would, I would definitely recommend the week to week for season three because um, just just that one hour every Friday, Friday afternoon or whatever, you finish work for the day, 
put Ted Lasso on, it's just such a nice way to like fucking de-stress after it. Um, yeah. yeah, have just such a nice little heartwarming hour. Maybe have a little cry or whatever. It's 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 fucking great. I would definitely recommend the week to week for for season three. Um, but yeah, so, so so like I was saying, so the co- the relationship between Ted and uh, is it Sharon? Sharon? Doc Sharon? Yeah, Sharon. Yeah, yeah. Um, yeah, left kind of ambiguous. So um, she leaves the club. Um, so she's no longer working as as the you know psychologist or whatever. Um, and she writes everyone letters. Ted having you know clearly having abandonment issues and and having formed a relationship with the doc, he gets quite angry about that and goes to see her and again just tell her off. Um, and. Uh, and she's written him a letter. Now, we don't ever get to see what the letter says. Maybe we will next season. Maybe we don't. But it is kind of hinted at that there might be some kind of romantic interest there, maybe. Well, that's that's what I thought they were gearing for at the start. Because like, yeah. it's a typical kind of trope. Um, and it's a trope because it works. And it does work in this, if that's what they're going for. Um, where they come in, two people are bump heads. They're at odds with each other. They don't agree with it. They don't agree with each other's methods of doing things. Then they warm up to each other, and then the next thing you know, they're like, "Oh my god, are we kissing?" Um, yeah. And that's that's something I definitely thought was going to happen by the end of season two. But she dips, and then I'm like, "Yeah, what the fuck's on that letter?" It's like you know, a, you know, like a um, Jim and Pam the teapot note or something scenario from the office. Yeah. It's like that where yeah. I just want to know what it says, <laughs> like, and I can't. So- <laughs> I I said this to you the other week. Um, there's because because what I thought about it is, you know, there is that rule that like I don't, I don't know if this is an official rule or it's just one of those that's made up for like Hollywood or whatever. But there is that rule where therapists um can no longer see their their clients if they start to develop romantic feelings for them because you know then they're like emotionally compromised. They're too close to them. The advice they give won't be like from a um non-biased position or whatever so yeah. so it's 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 unethical really they can't continue to do that if if they have those feelings so that's why i i initially thought was on the letter like the, the way ted was reacting um and the way she was reacting watching him read the letter as well it, yeah. it kind of led me to believe that it was it was something along that scenario um but maybe, but I'm maybe, not maybe sure. it was maybe because the only reason the only thing that would confuse me about that is I would figure a show like that would play it for a big, you know, she she quits the club to to be not be with Ted, but like explore something potentially. And I feel like Ted's so much of like a Labrador as a human that he'd be so, so excited think... reading that that he'd say something. I I don't think she's that kind of person though. I don't think she's the kind of person to to quit a job um, to pursue a relationship because she is clearly all about her work. She is yeah. she's is you know it's it's her life and you can even see that she she has her own issues and that sort of thing and to the to the fact that her like apartment her flat it's not even really decorated that much she just really focuses on her career and that's pretty much it yeah um so it she doesn't strike me as the kind of person who would like leave a job just because of that i think she she feels like she probably got too close to ted and, and now as a result she's starting to feel this way and she's Maybe just panicked a little bit and gone. Well, I just can't stay here. I just need to to get out and go somewhere else. That, that's that's what I think anyway. Potentially, but I mean, like, yeah, time time will tell. I I want to see her back and I want to see her, um, 
I, 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 I mean, I don't know what I want to see from her so far. I don't, I can't predict this show. Um, yeah. And and I'm really enjoying that. Like every kind of sub, every kind of trope they subvert, every kind of like plot thread that you think will go a certain way just completely U-turns, and it and it does. It it makes for compelling TV, and it's interesting. One thing I was going to speak to you about, um, if we if we're done on 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 Big Shaz, sure. Um, what do you think? I think this show like enormously just embraces dudes being friends. <laughs> it's, yeah, and it's just and guys it's being so friends. nice. Yeah, yeah. And uh, but 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 I think one of the best examples of it um, is obviously there's Ted and Ted and Coach Beard are the the clear choice for like guys being dudes. Um, but one friendship that I think is starting to bloom, or maybe even just a mutual kind of respect, is Roy and Jamie, who famously hate each other. <laughs> essentially, yeah, they've got like a big strong <clears throat> rivalry as like. <clears throat> Roy being the old manager of the club and Jamie being like the star player that is just a walking reminder that Roy's getting too old to play the game. Um, yeah, I there's a there's a beautiful moment in this where Jamie's dad is just going off and being such a a prick, like and being such a like a toxic dad figure, um, like typically like like put like jabbing at him but you know he's fine he he likes the banner because he's my son and my son can dare think i'm a dickhead um just being a waste of space um and and jamie finally stands up to him <laughs> punches him and that's when roy despite everything that's happened between them just walks over to him and gives him a big hug and that was that was one of the moments i just cried in this show yeah yeah same that was that was a really big emotional moment and i think we we said in the last episode the last ted lasso episode um we we was left feeling frustrated by jamie because he had the potential to have like uh, a, this, yeah. um, a fucking what do we what's, what's that word I'm looking for like redemption a um, redemption that's it he he had the potential to have a redemption because he was in the first season he was such a dick he was such a dick but he came so fucking close to to doing the right thing and and being a better person but he chose not to take it he chose to be the dickhead again you know he left for Man City. Um, and 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 whatever, and that's how it all played out. Um, and we we were saying, you know, it's it's frustrating because we wanted him to make that choice. Um, looking back at it now, if a show is spanning spanning multiple seasons, then yeah, of course it makes fucking sense that he wouldn't <laughs> yeah. immediately have that fucking redemption arc. Of course, you're gonna want to spread that out. Um, which they do, and he, he I think there, he's not fully there. He, he is still a bit of a dickhead, um, but he's he's trying to make the right choices, and he is trying to be a, a better person in this season. And it is really good to see. He he's definitely fucking making the effort to to be a better person and and get on board with the team and that sort of thing. Yeah. Um, and yeah, the moment like where his his dad and is just having the fucking big moment, and you can see exactly why Jamie is the way that he is, it all starts to, to make sense. Um the di- and, the dialogue and... in that scene is impeccable. Because like it, it really is every, everything his dad is saying, like, is just pointing towards little reasons. Like, oh that's where Jamie gets that from. That oh that's <clears> why he says <throat> shit like that. Like it, <coughs> it it's so <clears throat> it's so well communicated and then it just like by the end of it, like when Jamie hit him, I was like, Yes, keep hitting him. <laughs> like that guy's a fucking ass. 
But um, yeah, no. he really is. Yeah, and then the moment where it builds up and and Roy just walks over to him and gives him a hug. As soon as that happened, it was like, oh my fucking god, yeah. and just broke down. And it, and it could like the the thing with this show that I love is that could have been Ted. That could have been any of the teammates, but they made yeah. it Roy. And yeah, it's and it's such again, it's a subversion, but it's one that you didn't know you wanted, and it's just like, oh, of course it would be Roy because he. He's not he, out of everyone. He's had the talk. biggest out of everyone. He's the one who's probably had the most issues with Jamie. So mm. it, the fact that it is him just makes it all the more impactful because yeah. they had like a big rivalry during the first season. They were fucking practically enemies, hated each other. Um, so the fact that you know by this point in the second season, he's the one to give him the hug and comfort him and let him know that his dad's a prick and he's not like him. It's it's so fucking emotional and just such a good beat, yeah. Um, and and pays off really well. As um, I was, go on. I was to say on Jamie, um, there's one there's one thing that um that I really like, and it, and again, it's a reason why I'm glad that that I stuck with the show and that I let the show do its thing when I was frustrated that Jamie didn't get his redemption arc in season one. There's yeah. a there's a wonderful <laughs> plot element weaved into season two where Roy says like you've ted's convinced jamie to be such a nice guy and try <laughs> that he's made him average like you he's like you're sub, as a player your talent is getting under people's skin and making them want to fucking boot you and then throwing them <laughs> off their game and there's a there's a brilliant moment where he says you know ted's made you average when you're on the pitch when it's appropriate <laughs> yeah, was it when he says sometimes when it's appropriate you can be a prick <laughs> or something like that um oh, I'm sorry, I've just remembered a brilliant Roy line. Possibly my favourite line in this show, full stop. Um, Go on. Uh, it's, 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 Jamie says he's trying to build bridges, and Roy says, you couldn't Jeff Bridges or something. <laughs> <laughs> just, just out of nowhere. Um, oh, that's a great, that's great. line. Um, but yeah, no, and it's, um, and it's, okay. and it's weaved into the story, which I, I quite like. It is, yeah, it's done really well. Um, and that arc, you know, I, I still think, like I said, Jamie, I still think he's got a, a bit of a ways to go. Um, there's definitely some stuff left unresolved in that kind of trio, you know, Roy, Jamie, Keeley. Um, something's definitely going on there. Have they broken up? Have they not? It's, you know, it's, we're, we're not sure at this point. Um, I, what? That's such an interesting thread isn't it like that's such it a... is because it definitely feels like a breakup doesn't it and it i does. think even roy himself knows that um <laughs> in straight Keely... talking i just ask straight away are we breaking up <laughs> it's just <laughs> such a like nonchalant way of saying it yeah sorry i just had to cough so i'm muted myself <laughs> <laughs> yeah, uh, yeah, you're right, and 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 it's it's again, it's left on a a, a weird just ha cliffhanger sort of thing because like she's saying they're not breaking up, but it very clearly seems like a breakup, and and it's not it's not like it's out of nowhere either. There is, there has been moments throughout the season where you have seen them struggling as a couple, um, and you know there's you know. Uh, Roy clearly has quite a lot of chemistry with that teacher as well. Um, Keely isn't a hundred percent sure how she feels about Jamie. You know, maybe she does like him uh, again now that he's he's becoming a better person and that sort of thing. Um, so so yeah, it's it's 
all up in the air at this point, and I'm interested to see where that goes and how it will play out, and and what if if they do break up, and if she does get back with Jamie, what will that do to Roy and Jamie's relationship? So yeah, yeah, interested I, to I, see. I love, and we'll move on to because I want to talk about Nate the Great in a minute. Yes. Um, but there's the thing that I really like, and it's a talent and a testament to the writers of this show. Do you know how easy it is to like throw a like relationship in a show down the drain? Just have one yeah. of them fuck up and then have a big yeah. row and then they're done. This show mm. spends the entire season giving them heartwarming moments, mm. showing them they both really truly appreciate each other as people, but there's just a tinge of something not right and something missing. And that's yeah. so fucking subtle and hard to do. Like mo- genuinely I, I imagine it. I imagine it being quite a shock to some people. The ending conversation, just because if people were watching this half-assed, like if people are on their phones the whole time, they're not going to pick up on those moments. And it's and it's 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 such a rewarding thing to like for someone that gives full focus to the show to be like we've mm. been hinting at this the entire time, and it's subtle yeah. and it's clever and it's it's so well written. The seeds have definitely been sown, um, much like they have with another character. Um, but just to completely ruin that segue, um, I just want to quickly, <laughs> I just want to quickly give a shout out to I think probably my favorite player on the team, and I'd probably say quite a lot of people's favorite as well. Nord Sam, uh, NordVPN, yeah. No, Sam <laughs> is oh, he's just the best, isn't he? I, Sam is I a love good Sam, dude, man. He's he's just such a great person. I I love the moment where he, you know, he realizes that like the team sponsor they're doing some like really bad shit where where he's from in Africa. Um, after speaking with his dad, and then he's like, "Well, I, I can't I can't be a part of this anymore. You know, I can't I can't support this sponsor." And all the team get behind him as well. And they have that great moment where they just cover up their, their shirts with their Oh, they with duct tape their, 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 their sponsorship, yeah. <clears throat> yeah, exactly. A great moment. And again, more moments of, of the, the guys just being really good mates and, and, and non-toxic friendships, um, which think, is great. I do think there's a funny... Like, I, <clears throat> I think it's really effective, but there's a few moments in this, because obviously this is an Apple show, so it like... At, the show wastes no time being like this person has a Mac and this person has an iPhone and this person's any texting with iMessage. Ele- any electronic device it is fucking Tim Apple certified, mate. Yeah, oh you yeah, will, big time. You will not see a fucking Samsung anywhere near this show. <laughs> <laughs> one, th- one thing that did make me laugh though is at one point they used the wrong texting taps. You know, like the as your thumbs hit the keys. Yeah, they used it wrong at one point. I was like, how's an Apple TV show going to fuck that up? Um, <laughs> I don't have a... those on, so I don't even know what they sound like anymore. I, I haven't had those sometimes I like, Sometimes I type and I realize that my ring is on, and I'm like, oh, yeah. Um, but no, there's a funny moment, because I think the Sam storyline is so well done. But there is a funny moment that made me laugh, where it uh, <laughs> Sam's like, Dad, I got this new sponsorship, and his dad replies like, "Fuck you, bitch! You, you wearing this shirt? The fuck these guys dig oil? Fuck you, bitch! You're not my son. You're a piece of dog shit." And I was like, oh, "That was a bit strong. He probably just didn't know." Because <laughs> <laughs> his dad, his dad just fully sent him like five texts, like, "Used to be so proud of you. Now you're a piece of shit, and I wouldn't wipe you off my shoe, you piece of dog." Like, it just goes at him. Um, yeah, yeah, which did make me laugh. He says he, he talks how he feels. All right, he's, he's a he's passionate a, man. 
He is. He's a passionate man. Um, one one quick criticism in the Sam storyline. Um, most of it fucking golden. Really enjoyed most of it. Towards the end of the season, there's the arc with that billionaire who comes in and he yep. wants Sam to play for, for his new team, which he's going to set up. Sam eventually turns him down. Then he just turns into the biggest fucking cartoonish villain ever. Yeah, I didn't um, like that. Yeah, I thought that whole outrage moment was just... This just seems a bit over the top, really. It was the, it was a I think it was a quick season ending way to show Sam made the right choice. Like Yes, it, it was yeah. clearly meant to be like he chose family and family is good. And like instead of but you know you're not going to get that if you just have the guy going, oh, "Okay, well I appreciate your time. Thanks mate." and walking out. Like 100%. They could have done it in a bit more of a subtle way or just something a little bit like, "Well, thanks for wasting my time then." And Sam's like, "Oh, this guy was a wanker all along." But yeah. yeah, the fact that he starts like dry humping us like a mannequin wearing the the Richmond FC t-shirt, I was a bit like, come he on. Start, you know, he starts like <laughs> fucking teabagging it and then saying he's going to like shit on it or whatever. Something like that. Um, yeah, it was a bit like, I was like, okay, I get it. Yeah, <laughs> it, it was very, very over the top, but you know, whatever. What are you going to um, do, mate? Yeah, so uh, Nate. Nate the Great... Uh, or neither, not so great. So, so binging this, I feel like got. I feel where you may have had a slow burning frustration. I had a concentrated shot of rage. <clears throat> Did you notice his hair getting progressively greyer for us? <laughs> yeah, <laughs> because I really like that. Because I didn't until like the final shot at the end, and it's like, whoa, his hair looks really different. Yeah. <laughs> and then like going back and seeing like clips from earlier in the season, you're like, hang on, and it all clicks into place. That oh, actually, that's actually quite quite interesting how that's worked out. It's a, it's a <laughs> attention to detail. Yeah, it does. It, I, for me, because I binged it, it was one of them scenarios where I thought it was kind of like just a bit of a funny running gag. Like just that his like his hair is every every episode is just a shade grayer. Um, yeah, so it's like pretty much like fucking Philip Schofield silver at one point. <laughs> but yeah, that that cracked me up. He looks good in a black suit with that gray hair, you know. He does look good. He he looks fucking handsome man in the in that all black suit. Um, he looks sharp. Shout out to Nick Muhammad. Yeah. So what what did you think of Nate this season then? So I think. <laughs> I think the the childish response to his character is "fuck Nate." I think he's a dick, uh, yeah. and that is very much how I felt <laughs> for a while. Um, yeah. Until you realise that this show obviously knows what they're doing, and it's a show that's about kindness and it's about hope. <clears throat> and very clearly, as you kept telling me, because I sent you a couple of texts like, "Oh, this guy's a dick," uh, and you were like, "Stick with it. He's going to go through an arc. He's going to learn his lesson." Um, and I did. And then he spoiler alert: he didn't. He didn't, and he yeah, he didn't learn his lesson. He will learn his lesson, I think, or maybe he's one of those characters that won't. But yeah, maybe I think he he's yeah. I think he's going to get his comeuppance in some way, um, or he's like you know next season he's going to lose he's going to lose against Richmond like in in some big footy cup. Um, so he's yeah, so and, he's 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 the coach at West Ham now. Um, yeah, under um, whatever his name is. That was a fucking shock to me, right? Because it's so blatant. Mm. You know, like the fact that um, um, Anthony Head, the Krillotane, has has bought the other club, um, and like it's so clearly setting up for like, well, he, you know, he's a coach who feels underappreciated. He wants to leave. He doesn't like Ted. He's gonna go. Yeah. 
Um, but then at the end, I was like, what? What a twist! Like, it just, <laughs> it just threw me off guard. Um, but yeah, no, back, back, back to mm. how it made me feel. The um, I think the corruption art of Nate is kind of like heartbreaking, but also really humanizing at the same time. Like, he's new to money, power, and fame, and he's kind of... While, while Ted is never shown to be having money, power, and fame, he does have that all. He just doesn't flaunt it, so we don't know it. Whereas yeah. this is a character that's almost becoming, if Ted is the thesis for like all his good and, and, you know, optimism and glass half full attitudes can take you a long way, then, then Nate mm. is becoming the, the kind of the anti-Ted. Do you know what I mean? Yeah. Um, one thing that I think is quite interesting, the fact that you're saying like Nate is a, is a, you know, a good character and he's going to have an arc and that sort of thing. I I thought that was the case, but now I'm I'm not so sure. It is mm. because um, Nick Mohammed, um, the actor who plays him, is by the way, his voice is so much higher in real life than Nate's, which is really, very, very, yeah, it, it's quite high pitched. Because um, I saw him on like a fucking clip from uh, Eight Out of Ten Casters Countdown, um, where he's like some kind of magician as well or something. But yeah, his his voice is. Qu- quite high pitched it's is quite shocking is it like um, stephanie beatrice which i refuse to me, believe that the voice of her is not just rosa <laughs> diaz like almost almost is yeah you can cut this out but let me just uh show you this right here hold on all right so we're back uh, i've just shown lawrence uh, a clip of nick Mohammed. everyone just look up nick Mohammed eight out of ten cats and you'll find it um but yeah so much higher than than on that's the show terrifying that's <laughs> yeah that's so unnerving like is is ridiculous yeah. you know it's yeah. it's almost like a system shock when when an actor reveals that they're like for example i remember the day that i found out that um fucking david tennant was scottish and yeah. i and i went what like and it's oh, so... i i watched uh the first episode of brooklyn 99 the other day uh rosa diaz starts off with quite a high-pitched voice but whatever whatever <laughs> we're sidetracked sidetracked as as we're going <laughs> out of time as well um yeah uh so nick Mohammed, like i say he like went on twitter and he um i don't know if he uh posted this or he just retweeted it but there was like a thread of uh just basically saying that you know, we've been told that Nate is the this great guy to to quote his nickname, Nate the Great. Um, from the beginning, he's like heartwarming, downtrodden, and he just wants to prove himself. But if you actually look at what's been presented to you, it is a little bit different. You know, because it goes back to the first the moments in the first season, um, where as soon as he gets just a little bit of power, he immediately turns on people. Like there's the moment where, um. He's he's doing like the the speech in the locker room before the game at Liverpool or whatever in the first season, and the moment he realizes that people are actually listening to him and he's got a bit of power in that room, he starts insulting the other players. And it, yeah, sure, it's sort of a little bit banterous and a little bit fun and lighthearted, but there is it, like show, it shows where he goes with it though once he's given exactly that yeah exactly yeah it's it's I'd highly recommend anyone look it up because it does present like all these seeds that have been sown in. And now, after after taking a look at that, I'm not so sure that Nate is going to get a redemption arc. I, I feel like it has been set up where he is the the kind of main antagonist of the piece, really, which is... It, it's different. It's it's a shock, but I'm, I'm interested to see how it plays out. Yeah, I think 
even so, like the what he brings out of Ted, like just mm. in the fact that that firstly the seat that, that he's he's phenomenal in the sense that um the performance he gave when Ted asks him what's his problem. Um yeah. and he and he turns oh, around and he's so like, You good. wanna know what my fucking problem and just get like I don't think I was mm. I wasn't expecting it to him to reach the breaking point. I was expecting him to suppress it a little bit more. And when he just exploded out and the yeah. only thing Ted could say to him was just like, I'm sorry if you feel like I've ignored you. Cause because like in Nate's eyes, he's yeah. he's 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 not wrong, but it's also wrong of him to assume that Ted should be that figure to him. Like he's a grown man. Um yeah. but it, but it, but you can see where he comes <clears> from and that's what makes it kind of hard. But yeah, no, I maybe he is the villain of the piece, and that's it's an exciting choice, and it's something that's very new and very fresh and interesting. And just ultimately again a testament to the writing in this show which is leagues ahead of other stuff that's coming out so i found this thread and let me just give you a few examples here yeah so the earliest um the liverpool game where ted has nate read the letter to the team um he's vicious he enjoys the response he gets for his cruelty the takedown happens to be what roy needs but we see nate inflating as he gets positively reinforced for being nasty Another moment is when Nate thinks that Rebecca has fired him seconds before he finds out he's promoted. His first instinct is to turn absolutely nasty. He's about to eviscerate her emotionally with words he's clearly rehearsed in his mind before the surprise is revealed. Nate shows here that he walks around thinking he's the mean that he shows here thinking about the meanest things he could say to people. He doesn't hesitate. He's ready to unleash, and only timing saves him. Uh, third and last example I give is a finale where he starts immediately bullying Will, uh, he being his replacement as the ball boy or whatever. Uh, we all saw it and didn't like it because we want the underdog to be kind, but Nate isn't kind, he's just scared. But that's just like a little bit of taste, you should read the whole thing for yourself because it is quite interesting. Um, but, but yeah, there are definitely, like I say, seeds that have been sown in there. And just to jump off what you said, you know, that speech, that like moment, that confrontation moment between Ted and Nate, it's it, it's really good. And again, you are having a, uh, the show what does well is just subvert your expectations again, because you'd think like that's the moment where Ted would would have his say back and, you know, get and have like give Nate a piece of his mind. And, and in the end, it would all work out or whatever, but it, it just doesn't. That fucking does not happen at all. And in the end, Nate, he rips up the fucking Believe poster and he's like, fuck this, fuck you, fuck everyone, I'm off. I'm I'm better I'm better than all of you. I don't need this. I'm going to go fucking work for West Ham. That image of the of the ripped Believe poster is like... Yeah. It, it, I was surprised at how much that kind of pulled on the heartstrings a little bit. Like... Because it yeah. is, it is the it's the backbone of the show. Like the show is about hope and and optimism and glass half full attitudes and like in a, in in the word believe. Um, and it's just it's such a it was such a like a symbol of who Ted was, and especially in the first season. Like uh, of and then like there's a wonderful moment of Isaac not being part of the the team huddle because he walks through them all uh, in the most hilarious fashion to go to the. Um, to go to the belief thing, signifying that that's the team, like that's that's what they believe in. None of this, like, you know, a little a little high five will do nothing when they all band together and believe. And it was oh god, it got me when I saw it ripped up. I was like, fuck. Yeah, it it, it was just the perfect way to just show that he, you know, essentially he's gone full heel. 
um, at this point, and, and uh, he's got his full head of silver hair at this point. He's working for West Ham. Um, this show's yeah. got something against West Ham as well. Like they're just shown to be the dickhead club. <laughs> like I don't know, I don't know if they are or not. I don't know if that's a meme in football, but it's just like everything bad that happens happens because someone goes to West Ham. Like, yeah. It's just, it's just mean. Um, Up the hammers is probably something that footballers say. That is um, well, one. I'm just going to make a crazy prediction off the wall for season three. Hell just yeah. a complete crazy out there prediction. I think we'll get a cameo from Ryan Reynolds. I think you're right. Yeah, because yes. of that, he bought a football club with always sunny dude, right? So yeah, he he owns Wrexham. FC now, which is mentioned in the show, is brought up in the show in quite a funny way as well. Um, so I, I, I think, um, and, and Ryan Reynolds like then tweeted about it on Twitter afterwards. Obviously, he didn't tweet about it on Facebook, you idiot. Um, but he, he, yeah, Ryan Reynolds like mentioned it on Twitter afterwards. So I, I think maybe we might get a little cameo from him in season three, which would be quite fun. Maybe so. so that would be fun. I, I'd quite like that. My, that's my off the wall prediction for season three. Nice. I was going to say, but we'll wrap up because we've been on for a while. Um, the one last point I was going to bring up, we don't have to go into this massively. It was just something that I think is really nice and worth mentioning. Um, but basically, so Roy Kent has always been presented quite comically as the most masculine character on the show, like down to down to the fine, finer details of like, he takes his shirt off and someone's like, how are you so hairy? And like, just like <laughs> little things. Um, where yeah. like it, like everything about Roy that could be masculine is masculine, um, and then again the subversion of the expectation is that you know he's not just an aggressive, angry, dumb idiot. He's he's more than just the muscle and the brawn, and he's he's way more emotionally in tune than a lot of other blokes are in that show. Um, and even if he doesn't want to admit it, he's like, capable of making like. Uh, progressive change in his own attitude like if he really like like little moments he doesn't speak to anyone um when he mugs off keely's faith or something but he comes to her at the end of the episode having done his kind of own mental process off camera um and walks up to her and just goes i was a dick today and just apologizes and it's and it's very interesting and i like it but the point of what i'm saying um is it's it's a really refreshing story trope um, for a relationship to be depicted where the bloke deems himself inadequate and unworthy of happiness because he views himself as a like a has been, um, and it's and it's uh, the entire time it's being opposed to his girlfriend who is just starting a career journey um, and thriving, and he never blames her for that. He's just aware of the situation, but it's. <laughs> To have that that way around is very interesting. Yeah, yeah. Uh, don't really have anything to add, but completely agree. Hell yeah. When Lawrence is a feminist and makes good feminist points. <laughs> there you are. Lawrence has solved <laughs> misogyny. I have. Don't worry, guys. I did it. Well <laughs> Me and my comments on the show that did it. <laughs> uh, just quickly, just quickly, just before we wrap up, what did you think of the beard episode? Fucking weird, right? Like <laughs> it was weird. It's <laughs> like weird. It's out there. It really was. It didn't even have a title sequence, which was yeah, um, quite weird. Um, I don't quite yeah. know what they were going for, and I don't know if it quite worked with me. 
Uh, but... There was there's elements of it which I really enjoy. I like the the back and forth that happens with you know those three guys you're always seeing the pub um, and and how that all plays out. I liked all that <laughs> yeah. sort of stuff. <laughs> yeah. Um. I, I something about his relationship with Janine is it Janine? Uh, which um, is something it like seems that, yeah. yeah it seems like the most toxic fucked up relationship and they should not be together at all which is evident from the fact that they break up every five minutes. Um, but I don't know, there was something about that, like when he found her in the end and, and they did stay together or whatever, I was like, oh, I, I like that, it's it's cute. I shouldn't like it, you shouldn't be together, but I kind of do. Yeah, <laughs> so, I think, so, so I, think we we'll get a, I think we'll get a sense of what that's about. And I think, because if there's one person that I just... And it's weird considering he had an entire episode dedicated to him this season and I still feel this way. I just want them to go a little bit further with him. Like he, I to think me, he's, he's the one see, character I think he's, that has the walls I built think, up too high. He does, but I think that's when he works best, though. I think Coach Beard is is. I think I that character know, I works best when he is just one-liners and and little little quick snippets and that sort of thing. I really liked his moments um, this season where like. Nate was just going in a little bit too hard and he would like give him certain looks. And there's, there's a great line where like um, Nate confesses to kissing Keely uh, and Roy's like, yeah, it's fine. You fucked up. Don't worry about it. And he's like, are you not even going to hit me? And it just cuts the beard and goes, I'll hit you, Nate. <laughs> <laughs> just really just off the cuff. Um, I did like that because it, it, it showed Beard knows that Nate was the leak from the beginning. Like yeah. Ted didn't tell him. Um, Ted didn't tell anyone. Um, but he goes he, so he out knows. a snake, yeah, yeah, and, and I think it's it's probably just because he spent a lot of time watching Nate throughout the fucking season. And he's seen how he's been acting and shit, um, and like immediately he's just he's just not being nice to Nail. He's just immediately like, you fucked up, and I'm gonna like, I'm not gonna do anything about it, but I'll be weird and and make these comments. I don't know what I'm trying to say, but. <laughs> It was a good, it was a good little moment, all in all. Yeah, basically, he did have some good moments. Um, but yeah, overall, Ted Lasso season two, really good. Um, definitely good. surpassed expectations. Looking good quick forward. dunk on Piers Morgan as well. Good quick dunk on Piers Morgan. Always appreciate that. Um, yeah, looking forward to season three and, and seeing how it all wraps up. If indeed it does, which I hope it does, which is weird to say about a show that you like. I, I hope it. I hope it wraps up, but I trust that the yeah. writers won't immediately throw it like out the window if they choose. If there's, put it this way, if there's room for a season mm. four, I'd like it. There's been a lot of times where I've gone, I really don't want a season two to that, and then I've watched a season two to that, and I've gone, oh, okay, maybe I'd yeah. like it. One one thing I will say, um, shows I think shows that have an end in sight, which you know this one did, where they like I said they have a free season plan. They always work out the best. And an example I'll give is the good place. They always said four seasons and done. We're gonna tell the story we want to tell. We're gonna get to this end point. We're gonna have fun along the way, and then that's it. And and they yeah. did it. And, and if you haven't watched it, like... fucking a phenomenal show. Yeah. Um, which which everyone should watch. Um, and and yeah, they they get to that end point. They achieve their goal. They do what they set out to do. And it wraps up really, really well. Do you want to see more? Absolutely you do. But you'd rather 
fucking leave a show wanting to see more than being like The Walking Dead where I dropped off like fucking six seasons ago and be like, I never want to see that show again. So, you know. There's always room to see what they could bring to it and I trust them so far. So, yeah. Um, exactly. Next week, we are going to be doing this. <laughs> that sounds fun, doesn't it? Can't wait to do that. What did we actually say again we were doing? Venom. <laughs> Venom. Oh, yeah. I, actually, I tell you what, I can wait for that. I can wait a very long time to watch that. You movie. probably just heard a clip of Eminem going Venom. So, <laughs> more than likely, I'm going to do, I'm not going to watch another trailer for this movie. Um, I'm just going to experience it. Uh, as, as it was made to be uh, on the you big You don't screen. need to watch a trailer. All you know is there's going to be a bit of bloody carnage, mate. That's all you need to know. <laughs> I'll tell you what, there is going to be carnage. Um From Ronald McDonald himself. Um, anyway, if you like these, you can find new episodes uh, on Spotify, Apple Podcasts, all the places you get your good, sexy podcasts, um, apart from a few. Um on Fridays at 10am. Uh, you can follow us at Twitter, on, on Twitter... <laughs> And Instagram at another happy pod. Um, that's where we'll post like little, little fun, fun reminders, fun little posts when they go up, so you never miss a, a cheeky episode. Anyway, rate five stars. Do what you gotta do. <laughs> I'm going to bed. Um, say boy. hi to your mother for me. I said I Thor, will. like Thor is in the God of Thunder. Say hi to <laughs> say your hi mother, to your mother for, for me. me. No, don't do that. Anyway, bye. Cheerio. Toodle pip. Thank you.